630 Chad This Morning Podcast with Stacy Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre. I washed my car. Aww. I felt guilty about washing my car, but Why? I washed my car because after we had that non-essential water ban here in the city of Edmonton, and of course that was because something happened at the water treatment plant, I'm very cautious about water use now. And so my car was so dirty, and then it proceeded to get dirty about five minutes after that. But I took it to a, one of those self-serve ones, mm-hmm. and so I just rinsed it off and just you know watching the water go down the drain. But it... it it's, it, it really gave me an idea of the water that I use and mm-hmm. whether it was essential for me to wash my car or have a bath or, you know, flush my toilet as much as I do. <laughs> and maybe I think too much and I worry too much, and that is certainly a thing as well. But it, it sort of gets in yourself into a mindset that we may have to get used to. It's a conversation that's been going on for a little while because oh, yeah. there, you know, obviously we have to have low flow toilets and other things that maybe we didn't have 30 years ago or whenever. Businesses, a lot of them are trying to reclaim the water they're using and then a lot less goes goes into waste. So that's a conversation that, that's that's there, but get the feeling it's getting ramped up pretty hard, especially with the, the drought conditions and the forest fires and the concern about what's coming up this year and how bad it will be. This conversation is getting a little bit more intense. Oh, you bet. So uh, somebody who, who keeps an eye on water and the state of water in our province, we've got uh, Dr. Tricia Stradnick. She is PhD Associate Professor. She's the Canada Research Chair in Hydrologic Modeling, Department of Geography down in the University of Calgary, and she joins us on the line right now. Good morning, Tricia. Good morning. How are you? Uh, we're doing Good. well. <laughs> Uh, thanks for joining us. I'm curious about where you are in this conversation. How far along in this conversation do you think, well, I guess we, the royal we, actually are? <laughs> in terms of our understanding of what's happening? Our understanding, our, 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 our willingness to change, to, uh, to, uh, to accept new ideas, to do things differently. It's a big conversation. It is a big conversation, right? And And, you know human behavior doesn't change easily. So I think this is something that Canadians just, quite frankly, aren't used to thinking about. We live in a region that we're told constantly is blessed with many resources and lots of water. And, and so to, to think about running low on water is, is, quite frankly, just not something that we, we typically give a lot of space to, right? So I think we're at the beginning of a very important conversation, though, that needs to continue happening regardless of whether or not these drought conditions in front of us change. Because we think we have a lot of water here in Canada, and we do, in fact. So maybe our mindset's just not there. How does Canada rank in terms of, of water usage and, and our thoughts about how we use water and wastewater? Yeah, well, this is the thing. Uh, Canadians are blessed with uh, freshwater resources relative to most of the population out there in, in the world sense. Um, we, we rank as the, the second highest users per person in the entire world of the water that we have. And that's because we do have so much. So we tend not to have to think about conservation. The rest of the world, though, is quite frankly far ahead of us in this conversation in terms of conservation and sustainability and water security. And I think we have a little bit of catch up to do because what we're seeing with climate change is that this kind of cycle of when we have it, we have a ton of it floods and when we don't we really don't for a longer period of time than what we're used to and so this is a conversation that we really need to get into quite fast 
Uh, it was interesting to me that the the provinces set up uh, this, this committee in order to uh, to help out. Uh, farmers and ranchers worrying about drought coming up this year and, and maybe trying to come up with some water sharing ideas. It's the uh, Alberta Drought Command Team, so dealing with uh, water license holders, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Is that just the, the tip of the iceberg, that water sharing and, and a wider uh, sort of strategy needs to be put into effect? Yeah, I mean, from everyday Albertans' point of view and the impact that it has on our economy, uh, and what I mean by that is on agriculture and on oil and gas production, because water is needed for both of those, I think we we are behind in the conversation of water sharing. I do want to point out, though, that Canada does have water sharing agreements. In fact, there isn't a single drop of water in the province of Alberta that isn't subject already to a water sharing agreement. And what that means to everyday Albertans is that the water that we have, when it snows, when it rains, uh, from now on in, it's not just ours to keep. We have responsibilities that we have to move that water elsewhere uh, because we're we're at the very upstream of a lot of other people. So we have to share that water already. So can we break this down in terms of industry how they can do better and then we can talk about mm-hmm. individuals and what we should be doing in our everyday lives and just sort of get used to it and incorporate it in terms of, of a habit. But let's start with industry. Where are sure. the big water consumers and what are they doing, if anything, to, to try to conserve the water they use? Oh, yeah, there, there's lots going on in industry, but I, I will say the bulk of our water, uh, so if you look at total freshwater availability in the province of Alberta, about 45% goes to agriculture producers and agriculture. And so that's growing food, obviously. Uh, farmers are some of the most efficient and technologically savvy people out there when it comes to water. They're doing their very best, but the reality is growing food takes a lot of water, right? Are there things we can do? Absolutely. We can look at the types of crops that we're growing. We can revisit the um, plan for agriculture expansion and really look at ramping up efficiency if we're going to talk about expansion and and talking about whether now is the right time or not. then about another 20%, give or take, goes to the oil and gas industry and, and extraction-based technologies. Um, and again, um, oil and gas knows that they have to be very, very efficient with their water use. So they have a pretty good track record depending on how the oil is removed from the ground. It's 80% efficient approximately, which means of the water they use, about 80% goes back into the environment. Um, but there are some technologies such as fracking that are unfortunately very water inefficient. So we can revisit the type of oil and gas production and the efficiency gains that we could get with technology there. And there is, um, there are, there's research going on and then there's technological advancement um, investments happening by industry there. Of uh, the rest, uh, industrial, commercial, there's lots of things happening like, you know, dry cleaners, they use water. So anything that we can do as a society to increase water efficiency uh, would be what we need right now and so maybe it might not be a huge percentage uh, for individuals but we have a role to play here too everybody needs to be thinking about this well along that line do you hate grass do you do you have a thing (laughs) against lawns (laughs) i mean no i have kids they like playing in grass but i do think that in this environment and particularly at this time of year uh if you have grass let your grass do its thing you know grass is actually meant 
to be drought resistant. It is meant to go to sleep, if you will, uh, when it's not watered. Yes, your lawn will be brown, but heck, let's get creative and have a brown lawn contest. Who has the best brown lawn out there, right? So please don't be watering your lawn. I win. Just let it do its thing. <laughs> really? Uh, but as yeah, individuals, what really. can we what can we d- be doing in terms of little yeah. just little simple things? And maybe you know it doesn't amount to a hill of beans compared to agriculture and industries, other industries. But in our own yeah. household, what are uh, you know top three things? Yeah, not washing cars. Sorry, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I I mean honestly, just thinking about water top of mind. So it might not be a big percentage, but having that conversation and thinking in that way actually has a big impact. So top three things, thinking about when you run your dishwasher and do your laundry, those are big water uses in our households and those shouldn't be done at peak times. So we really need to limit those to like weekends, uh, really late at night or, you know, in in the um, later evenings. We shouldn't be doing those kinds of things during the daytime when water use is at its maximum. Um, we do need to think about outdoor water use. We should not be watering lawns. I don't want to see sprinklers out there. <laughs> that is not the appropriate use of the water supply. Now, water in your garden if you're growing food, great. Go ahead. Water your garden, but make sure it's going to something that is productive, right? Like maybe flowers. I personally will not be planting flowers this year because it's not a great use of our water and then certainly anything that we can do to have water conservation so it was mentioned um, low flow toilets and low flow taps those are all great initiatives but honestly we need to be having a broader conversation about bylaws to do with gray water reuse and allowing our houses to reuse the water that is dirty but not so dirty that it couldn't be used for flushing a toilet so things like sink water or shower water Uh, that's a bigger conversation but those are the kinds of conversations that we want to start to have as we're building new homes and new building yeah because basically we could drink the water out of the toilet right our dogs do absolutely and and that's ridiculous because that also uses energy in the process of cleaning and treating that water right so we shouldn't be doing that uh, not necessarily out of the toilet directly but the water that is generally <laughs> in the tent let's just be clear here uh, yeah well that is it's part of trying to open up a mind a little bit and trying to think of new ways uh, to attack things because it is important there's nothing more sacred than water dr static thanks so much for your time this morning you're welcome. Thank you for the time. Take care. Dr. Tricia Stadnick is Canada Research Chair in uh, Department of Geography at the University of Calgary. She doesn't hate lawns. She just, they're not just native. Not they're not native to, 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 to Alberta, so it's not going to do well. So if you plant grasses or those sort of things or, I don't know, get the fake lawns. I don't even, I don't know how, where she stands on the fake sure, lawns. Sure, that makes more plastic. That's a good call. Yeah, although there's one in my neighborhood <laughs> and I drive by it. I'm like, that looks so bad in the wintertime. Yeah. Just, just, I've got fake grass. There may as well just have a neon sign out. <laughs> but, you know, obviously in the wintertime or in the summertime, it looks fantastic.